0: Thank you. It's so good to be with you. Thank you for this opportunity, and uh, I'm uh, so honored to be here to represent my church here, and uh, I want to express my appreciation for your prayers and uh, just your heart that goes out of your uh, area and your own world to the world across the seas and to different people uh, than you. Thank you very much. And uh, what a privilege for me to be able to be in Syria at such time. My wife and myself, we feel this is uh, a great privilege because we feel that God is working out his purposes in uh, my country and this is very, very important transitional time in, in my country and we are blessed to be there, uh, being part of this divine project there and we are so thankful. We appreciate your prayers and uh, we not just appreciate them, we count on them. We, we believe that uh, prayers are the most important thing in this battle that is going on back home in my country. I want to share with you some, uh, <clears throat> something I learned from the book of Nehemiah. Um, I would guess that most of us know who Nehemiah was and uh, what was the challenge before him. Nehemiah uh, was at the, a at the time when uh, Jerusalem was uh, under the uh, occupation and he was one of the people who were captives in a foreign land, and uh, he held a high esteem position uh, with the king of the land. He was the cup bearer of the king, and I'm sure that he was trusted and he was taken good care of uh, by the king himself. One day, his relatives came from Jerusalem, and he was asking about the Jews who were there, and Nehemiah heard the terrible news And uh, he was moved emotionally and mentally and in every way. He wept, he cried, he mourned, he fasted, he prayed. And through this time of uh, mourning and prayer and fasting, the Lord gave him a vision and a mission to go back and to rebuild the walls and put the gates in place. I think this challenge is very personal to every one of us in many stages in our lives. We need to go back and rebuild the walls and fix the gates. We need to uh, rebuild the walls of our spiritual life, personally, family life, ministry-wise. We need to have this vision from the Lord And uh, I don't know about your personal situation, but definitely back home, I can feel that my people and my country in the same situation that Jerusalem was at that time, in great evil and disgrace. It's um, a very dark period in my country. Um, We face this... uh, Uh, threatening news every day and killing everywhere and uh, just the dismantling of the country. Just imagine that we cannot see that the country is coming back the way it was and it used to be before. Uh, Every day we hear terrible news. I want to show this picture of this young family. Uh, The lady is... Uh, a, a lady in our church and uh, just after giving birth to her second baby in two weeks her husband was killed just in a random shelling in uh, the middle of uh, the old city in Damascus and left her struggling with two kids and uh, just facing life on her own it's so painful and so Horrible. It's real great evil and and disgrace. Uh, another lady in the church, her daughter was eleven years old. She was out with her. She practicing basketball and there right there a bomb fell on the girl and just killed that girl, eleven years old. And what's so painful that the girl was in the church and and actually it was at a stage memorizing um, Psalm 91, and that was really devastating for us, for her Sunday school teachers, for the family. It's very, very dark and very painful. Uh, We brought in children and we asked them to draw their uh, uh, emotional experience through the crisis and their hopes And it's so sad to see children drawing their own schools. They write the name of the school with uh, aeroplane jets and missiles hitting the school because this is part of their uh, own experience. And uh, one particular child really broke my heart. He just drew an adult and a a child holding hands and he just uh, wrote on top, I wish my dad comes back. I wish my dad comes back. All what he can wish for is to hold the hand of his dad again in this lifetime. It's so painful. It's a great evil and deep evil. Nehemiah went back to rebuild the walls and that was a very challenging task. It will never happen without resistance and pain and paying a heavy price. But we want to learn from Nehemiah through the stages of building the wall. It's not a sermon of seven points. It's just one point, rebuilding the walls, but seven stages that Nehemiah faced, and uh, we want to learn from him. And I found that very uh, helpful to us, how to face uh, each challenge every day, in our day-to-day life, and I'm hoping and praying that this will be helpful for everybody in here to uh, really know how to rebuild the walls uh, of your life, spiritual life. You have your own challenges. I know that pain is not only through bombs and uh, gunfire, but I know each one has enough of that and uh, has challenges, and I'm sure Satan will not and will never stay just watching you growing in your love and your faithfulness to the Lord, but he will move everything against you to stop you and to just make you feel a loser. But by God's grace, we want to see what we learn from Nehemiah. I know that most of you know what uh, number seven means in the Bible. And the first service, somebody told me it's a completion. It's very true. It's completion, the perfect number. Uh, I, I uh, really loved watching Nehemiah mentioning seven times the, fra- the phrase, one they heard, meaning the enemies surrounding Jerusalem. when they heard, how they reacted. And then we want to learn how Nehemiah faced those challenges. Seven times he repeats this word when they heard. The first time in chapter two, verse 10, when they heard about this, they were very much disturbed that someone had come to promote the welfare of his people. They were disturbed, not because anybody has done anything wrong but just because somebody came and want to promote the welfare of his own people. And Nehemiah faces that and encourages his his friends and his people, come let us rebuild the wall of Jerusalem and we will no longer be in disgrace. The pain of being in disgrace moved him to face the challenges and to change the situation. And I told them about the good hand of my God upon me, so they strengthened their hands for this good work. Back home, Christians are persecuted not because of anything wrong they're doing, just because they believe in Jesus Christ, In one of the small villages in the south, we have a church that opened the doors for the displaced people. And one night, Jabhat al-Nusra came in. Their own families were living in the church, but they could not tolerate the cross over the church. They broke down the cross, burned the church for nothing. The cross taught us how to love them and to open our arms for them, but they were disturbed because of that cross. It's, we learned to expect persecution and pain. It's just normal to go through tough and painful circumstances. In fact, Paul writes, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ will be, will be persecuted. Everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ will be persecuted. I'm pretty sure not just in Syria, but this is for everybody. The second time he mentions when they heard in, Same chapter, verse 19. When they heard about it, they mocked and ridiculed us. Are you rebelling against the king? And Nehemiah answers, the God of heaven will give us success. We, his servants, will start rebuilding. They mocked and ridiculed and started false accusations. The amazing thing that Nehemiah Nehemiah, never bothered to justify himself or to answer back. He was so consumed by the task before him to, uh, to the degree that he never answered them or justified himself. He just trusted in the Lord. The Lord of heaven will give us success. Our responsibility is to start the rebuilding. Nehemiah trusted in the sovereignty and goodness of God. He trusted that whatever comes his way, it is under this promise we know that all things work together for good for those who love God, who are called according to his promises. He trusted the same vision that John saw in, in Revelation 4 that the one who is sitting on the real throne over all authorities and powers is the Lord Jesus Christ himself. <laughs> he trusted that Jesus is Lord. He, as long as he aligned with Jesus' cause, Jesus is the one who will defend him and will justify him and bless the work he is doing. The third time is when they heard in chapter four, verse one and two, they became angry and were greatly incensed. What are those feeble doing? Can they bring the stones back to life from those heaps of rubble? Burned as they are? Nehemiah answers, hear us, our God, for we are despised. So we rebuilt the wall till all of it reached half its height. For the people worked with all their heart. The task is too big for us as small minority back home. The divine task is too big for any human being. It needs a divine power and the the divine Holy Spirit. Sure, we cannot rebuild on our own power. Can the dry bones live again? Can Saul, the terrorist, become Paul the Apostle? Can you imagine? Can this happen? Of course, by our own power, it's impossible. But trusting God's grace and power, nothing is impossible with God. A couple, he is a lawyer and she is a doctor, medical doctor. They both come from non-Christian background. They, through the crisis, they, they saw what those Islamists are doing. They were shocked. They decided to research the God of the Bible and the God of Islam. And they came on their own to the conclusion. We want nothing to do with that God. We want the God of Jesus Christ. We want the God of love, the God of forgiving and forgiving. We want the God as a father, not the God who is ordering people to kill others in the name of of God she comes to me every Saturday with her twins boys twin boys 14 years old and they are on fire for the Lord they read the Bible their knowledge of the Bible is better than many of our church members and they have their questions written down and they want to come and one by one they ask their questions and just study the Bible We praise God that we see the Lord is really doing miracles. One young man spent 10 years of his life just trying to discredit Christianity. He used his Facebook page, he used all the blogs on the internet. He used every way possible to discredit Christianity and to find faults in the Bible one day, he was just walking in his town with, with the bombs, the smoke of bombs exploding in the, in, over his head. He looked up, and he told me, I saw this white figure, Jesus Christ, and I knelt down in the middle of the street, and I told him, I believe in you. I give my life to Jesus Christ. And... All what he has learned from the Bible became the source of power now for him. And he is using what, his knowledge to bring the gospel to many of his friends from non-Christian backgrounds. The Lord is really doing miracles. We believe before the Lord sent his disciples into the Great Commission, he said, all authority has been given to me on earth, and in heaven, supported and backed up by this authority, then go and make disciples. This is our hope. It's not because we are powerful, we have political power or military power or whatever, but because we trust in the power and sovereignty of Jesus Christ. Many people left the country. Our church members, many of them left the country But still, the Lord is filling up the church with the new people coming to know the Lord Jesus Christ. Just in our church, through the crisis, we baptized a hundred people. And we are very strict in in baptism. I mean, we, we take them through classes and we test them and we make sure that they really know what they're doing. And in every church across the country, the Lord is saving people. Many saying, we thank God that we lost everything. We lost our home, we lost our business, we lost everything. Because this was the only way that we come to know Jesus Christ, our, our, our real treasure and our real Savior. We never knew what the Bible says, but now we love those promises of the Bible, and we, we really uh, treasure the salvation that we are experiencing. Yes? The Lord is sovereign and the Lord is really helping us stage after stage. Stage number four, I'm, I'm watching the, the clock very carefully. <laughs> when they heard that the repairs to, the, to, to Jerusalem's walls had gone ahead, they were very angry they all plotted together to come and fight us and stir up trouble against us. And the painful thing is what Judah said, the strength of the laborers is given out and there is so much trouble that we cannot rebuild the wall. Sometimes We are not superheroes. We feel so depressed. We feel like a thick, dark cloud over our hearts and our emotions. It's very tough when you feel the need to comfort and encourage people every day in such situations. In one week, I had to go be part of a funeral of one lady, a missile went into her apartment and killed her. And the same week, I had to visit a family who lost their young boy in fighting. Same week, a young girl, a little girl, eight years old, a bomb fell on her school and she lost her both feet And I have to stand with those devastated parents and try to comfort them. This is beyond our ability. This is something we really suffer from. We feel that what Paul has written in 2 Corinthians is very true in our experience. We are hard pressed on every side, but not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. We thank God, although we cannot answer all the questions, we are perplexed sometimes. No satisfying answers, straightforward. But at the same time, we feel the hand of the Lord is with us, encouraging and empowering us. I will never forget in my life, a sweet lady in the church, lost her 24 years old. At the same time, her husband was missing and she was completely devastated. She refused even to be comforted. For two months, she never picked up her phone or she never answered, I mean, opened the door of her apartment. But after that, we were able to visit with her. My wife and myself, we were sitting with her She was crying and she said, my heart is broken. I wish I was able to be next to my son when he was killed. Or at least I wish I I had the chance to mourn him and to bury, bury his body. I don't know where he is buried. And her husband is missing, she knows nothing about him. She said, I am, completely broken and devastated, but pastor, at the same time, I feel the power of the presence of the Lord like never before in my life. How those two feelings come together in my heart. On one side, I am deeply hurt and saddened. On the other side, I feel the power of the Lord in me. I really, told her, this is the first time I see this promise in the epistle of Peter become true in front of my eyes. When you are insulted and persecuted for the sake of Christ, the spirit of glory and God dwells upon you. This is what she was going through, and this has been our experience back home. Deep pain on one side and great glory on the other side. We feel that the Lord is with us in the midst of the fire, in the midst of the real burning fire, and we thank the Lord for that. The fifth, when our enemies heard that we were aware of their plot and that God had frustrated it, we all returned to the wall each to his own work. Our God, Nehemiah says, will fight for us. I like that one, because there is no war, nothing. Just we, his plots were exposed. We know that the devil is behind this opposition and this persecution. We don't hate people. We really, our battle is spiritual battle with the spiritual powers, not with people. And we won't let him win over us, by making us hating people or pulling us towards desire of revenge or anything like that. But we want to walk after our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We are closer to the completion of the victory. The sixth time, when they heard that I had rebuilt the wall and not a gap was left in it, they said, come, let us meet together. And this is one of the very subtle strategies of the enemy. When he fails in confrontation face to face, he goes from the back door for compromise. And if he can win the battle of compromise, he will really just defeat you completely. No compromise. They asked him one time, two times, four times, come, let us, let us negotiate. And fifth time, they send him an open letter, a kind of a threat, like if you put it on a Facebook or something, so the king will read it and everybody will know. Come, let us negotiate. We'll find a way out. We will do something. But Nehemiah had his vision focused and fixed on the spiritual task. He said, no way, I have great task on my hand. Why should I go, uh, come down to you and the work will stop? I have no time for compromise. The church back home is challenged to compromise. But we are sticking to our faith. Salvation only by Jesus Christ and his cross. Our holy life is a priority in our life. Faithfulness in every small thing and even to death in following our Lord Jesus Christ. The world will not pull us to compromise. And nothing will be able to make us lose our power in trusting the word of God. And trusting and relying on Jesus Christ alone. His safety was threatened. But Nehemiah says, Amen. Amen like me shall flee away. Should a man like me run away? A man who experienced the good hand of the living Lord will never run away. A man who experienced the sovereignty of God even over the king, he will never run away a man who experienced the saving power of the Lord Jesus Christ will never run away. Our pastor in one of the cities was threatened by name by Jabhat al-Nusra. And they told him, we know that you are evangelizing everybody and we'll come and get you. He has three children. He called me and said, I don't know what to do. I called him, please, we don't want to at all to risk your life and the life of your family. He went And took with his wife one week praying and fasting. Called me back and said, We will never run away. We will stay here and save and we will serve our community here. Praise the Lord. A young man, a young man from a non Christian background, he wanted to be baptized and he posted that on his Facebook. And he said, this is an important announcement for everybody who know me. I am going to be baptized today. And I believe that Jesus Christ is my living God and Lord. I know that some of you will spit on my face and some of you will kill me. But I want you to know I am willing to lose everything but not to lose my living Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And even if you do so, so, I will still love you because Christ taught me so. A man who experienced the hand of the Lord will never run away. The last time when all our enemies heard about this, all the surrounding nations were afraid and became small in their own eyes because they saw that this work had been done with the help of our God. The last one of the, they heard, they heard and they saw what, whatever they wanted us to experience, to be small in our own eyes, they experienced and they became small in, the, in their own eyes. And all the surrounding nations knew and saw that this work was done by the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. Six times they heard and attacked, the seventh they heard and saw. Six times they wanted us to become small in our own eyes, the seventh they became small in their own eyes. Six times they wanted us to be scared, the seventh they were afraid. Six times they said, we can't The seventh, they saw that our God can. He helped us to complete the wall. Hallelujah. Will the name of Jesus be praised again in Syria? Yes. Strengthen your hands for good work. The God of heaven will give us success. We, his servants, will arise and build. Amen. Thank you.